Welcome to That Shit Show, a podcast about overcoming trauma. I'm Emma Castle. Thanks for joining me today. Welcome to the show, Karen Chase Don. Karen is a uh, beyond loss uh, mentor, speaker, and author, uh, and we're delighted to have her here today. So thank you, Karen. Welcome. Thank you, Emma. So cool to be here. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about well, I mean, there's kind of an obvious thing there that obviously you've suffered loss um, in terms of how you came to be a speaker, author, and mentor. Um, but so, do you want to go back to the beginning, or do you want to start with where you're at now? No, no, let's let's go back because what I've found is the things that you end up doing are things that you've probably struggled with. You know, I I personally became a beyond loss mentor mainly to help other people to walk an easier road than the one that I did. And, you know, we all make choices. Some, you know, things happen to us. But I'm a great believer that you learn and grow more from any negative, you know, situation than you will from any positive. And I've always sort of had a positive outlook in life. And though, but let me take you back to what actually one of my major loss events that sort of put me onto this path, even though it took me a few more years to figure it out. So back in 2011, in July 2011, I was a CFO of a public listed company. So yes, I am an accountant. I'm a CPA. And I was at that stage living in Sydney. I now live on the Gold Coast. And the you know, the company we worked for was a pub group, NLG Limited. We were very debt stricken. We had 35 leaseholds of pubs throughout New South Wales and Queensland. And I have to say, I, you know, was working really hard, not looking after myself, um, drinking a bottle of wine a night. That was my coping mechanism or non-coping mechanism. But at that stage, I never realized all of that. Because I just thought this is what happens when you are working at that level, receiving that huge salary, what do you expect? And all of my peers were exactly the same. So it was only in hindsight that I now call that I was living in a Groundhog Day days where I was working way too much. I, was, I, I now teach people that there are nine areas of life and you know it's ideal to be spending your time living in all of them maybe not the same percentage of time, but certainly consciously living in. I was probably living in two. I was living in my professional space and a little bit, you know, in the family, the relationships. My relationships were not as great as what they are now. So on the 10th of July, 2011, my husband and I woke up Sunday morning thinking we were going to have a lazy day at home. Within 15 minutes, we had found our youngest son by a minute, Dan, because he's a twin at our back door and he had passed away several hours earlier. We um, obviously were shocked. We thought a healthy 27-year-old had gone out with his mates. His girlfriend and him were living with us at the time. They'd gone out separately. Um, We were, what the hell has happened? Um, But how I coped with that was literally after his funeral going back to work eating more, drinking more, and working even harder. Now, now in hindsight, I am very aware that Dan was never meant to wake up that day when we, you know, tried to wake him at the back door. It was meant to be me who woke up. 
And because I didn't wake up, I just continued on. Life had to throw me another curveball. And this came in the form of 15 months later, the company I was working for was merging with another. They had told me I wouldn't be the CFO in the new company, but you'll be doing everything you're doing now and more. So come with us. And then they added the little provisor. Oh, by the way, you'll be doing it for two thirds of what we're paying you now. So as you can imagine, I was not happy, but the gift of it all was that within 24 hours, I really realized that I'm only there for the money. I'm working myself to death for this money that I am wasting. I'm not even really investing it in, you know, the family or as much as we could have. We were just living the high life. So it was a really easy decision for me to say, no, I'm not going with you. I'm taking redundancy. And that's when I, I like to say that I, I took that conscious loving breath and you know, the one where I, you actually fill yourself up with all the joy and the love and the wisdom that's required to figure out what to do next. And I really thought, I've got to start with me. Like, look at you. You are overweight. You are, you know, you look so much older than what you are. And normally I will show a photo of me in 2007 and my, they're both passport photos. So my 2007 passport photo and my 2017 passport photo. And I can tell you right now, I look 10 years younger in the 2017 one than I do in the 2007. So I've gained 20 years just like that by learning how to look after yourself and to put yourself first. And when I say that, it's not from an ego perspective. It's more from a, you know, like on on an aeroplane, they tell you to put your own oxygen mask on first. It's from that perspective, because the more you look after yourself, the more you can look after others. So I went on this journey that I love to call the journey to becoming my own best friend. And it was along that journey through becoming a life coach and initially thinking I was going to help women to rise as women um, in the corporate space. But very quickly, well, not very quickly, three or four years later, I began to realize it wasn't going the way that I would like to go. And a great person who had only just met probably about six weeks earlier, she said to me, Karen, why aren't you helping people with loss? Like your whole outlook on loss, you know, the, you've you lost your son, you lost your job. You're so positive about it all and you see the gift in all of it. You know, like Dan is with me. He's, he's guiding me. He's pushing me all the way. And I, I firmly believe that I'm doing everything I'm doing now through his guidance. And I've, you know, I became an author. Like I was an accountant. Accountants don't write, do they? <laughs> sort of thing. So, yeah, so that's when I started. And then it was very quickly easy for me to then just, you know, look at grief and loss and bring that in with all the other little things that I'd learned along the way over that four or five years to come up with a program that actually helps people to move beyond any kind of loss. And loss is not just a death of a loved one. You know, the Grief Recovery Institute states that there are over 40 different loss events that can affect our lives. And, you know, at the moment, 
we all have lost our freedom in some form or another. And that's, that's a huge one. And it is obviously one of the 40 different loss events. But what I've found is when you do the work, and, there, and it is some internal work, you will always come out a better person. And I'm a great believer that every loss event comes to you so that you pivot, you do something differently because it's just like a little correction for your life because maybe you've travelled down the wrong path a little bit. And so this happens so that you can then get yourself back to your true self so that you can then travel down another path. And I'm also a great believer that we're all here to assist others. And through this knowledge and this awareness that I share with people, it just helps them to stop the grieving um, over what it is, you know, whether it's a loved one or it's a divorce or a job loss, because we're not here to suffer. We're all here to thrive. Going back a bit, um, can you explain the circumstances around your son's death a little bit? I'm just yeah. how did he die? Okay, so what happened was he had drunk way too much and as he came home, he'd left his key at home for some reason. He rang his girlfriend and she left a key out for him. And when he came down the back, he fell over trying to pick up the key and shook everything up, but that wasn't what killed him. What killed him was as he went to catch his breath, his lungs failed him. And we found out the next day that his lungs were so bad that if he had smoked full on for, say, you know, 10, 12 years because he was only 27, he couldn't have done a quarter of the damage of the lungs. Two years previously, he'd been in Scotland and he had um, pneumonia so and spent a week in hospital. So we're not sure if it was from that or whatever. But, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and then 15 months later, you like, so you've kind of gone back to work. So do you feel like you're coping at that point? Like, do you feel? Oh, no, I wasn't coping. No, I would, you know, I I was always angry in those days, but I got angrier and, you know, little things used to really annoy me that didn't because what I'd done was I had literally shoved Dan and the whole emotion just down, down, down. And of course it's got to come out. And, you know, and it, and it doesn't come, it, it comes out, you know, not, you know, just like a little bit coming out, like, like a kettle, you know, a little bit comes out, the whole steam doesn't come out. And I was drinking even more than what I had been prior to Dan's death. I was eating way too much. I was just using, you know, fast food, the whole lot of it. It was just like, just let me get through the day. And, um, but, yeah, I wasn't coping at all. In, in hindsight, I, sh- I should have done everything that I now tell people what to do. I, I did the complete opposite to all of it, which is, which is good because then I'm going, don't do this. Um, I disrespected Dan and I disrespected myself in my choice on how to cope. But I was of the belief that if I just keep going on, everything will be all right. But that can't happen because your normal is never going to be the same again. It's about you creating a new normal. And, um, and that's what I feel is happening now for everyone in the world. We're all about to find who we are. We're all about to find the love um, that we have for ourselves. And I believe we're all going to create a new normal. And I just think it's 
um, amazing because when you journey within yourself, you actually come up with this amazing person that you go, hello, I remember you. I haven't seen you for probably, you know, since you were three or four or even five. I remember you. I want to hang out with you again. And that's the most beautiful thing about going through any sort of negative, like what people class as a loss event, is that when you do the work, you come up with this most beautiful person and it's not only for yourself, it's for the world. And I truly believe that we're all going to come to love. Like the other day we went out to dinner with, with my oldest son and his fiance. And we walked into a pub and, you know, because we thought, oh, we, we may be shut down soon, so let's all go out and, you know, have dinner. We walked into this pub and the owner was there and the first thing he said to us was, thank you for being here. Now, when is that ever said to you at a pub? You know, and it was just like, wow, you know, it's a pleasure to be here. And I'm really looking forward to people being like that all the time, like, oh, thank you for being here. And I feel through the fact that we are separating, that we all will come back and we will all see each other as who we truly are, not who we have perceived them to be previously. Mm. Isn't that almost like one of those um, exclusion diets? Like, you know, when you have to go back and you're like, I'm only allowed to eat white rice and pears, and then you're allowed to add some more stuff in to see how it affects you. And kind of like add the stuff in that makes you feel good and that works for you. And you'll have a clear understanding of what doesn't work for you, like that's making you sick. So interesting. Um, It is exactly what's going to happen, which is so cool. And I know everyone's going into negative, but no, look at the positive of this, you know, being able, we live in a world where we can so easily go online. You know, if this had happened 10 years ago, I think everyone would have been more devastated. But the fact that we can still go online and we can still learn and we can still grow and we have so many amazing things available to us that it's it's not going to be um, as devastating as we think. But then it's a choice. So if it is devastating for you at this moment, maybe go inside and say, well, why is this devastating for me? And what can I change so that I can look at who I am and go to love. Yeah. So with the mentoring, so how do you find people? So do they hear about you and come to you and how does that work? Like how do you work with people who perhaps have I can. a child like you have or, you know, lost a loved one? Like so you're getting these people yeah. in a raw, vulnerable state and then, then what happens? Yeah, so so let, let, let's go to divorce because I, th- I think, you know, like loved ones is, is you know, a lot of loved ones, uh, when they're going through it, most people are very, um, what's the word, closed off is probably the best word. So they're not ready to um, even look at someone like me. And that they can, believe me, I could work with them, you know, from day two. Um, but most people seem to, that they want to go. And, and it's the, the time is their choice. 
So if I go with divorce, it's probably a, a an easy one to explain, but the process is exactly the same no matter what you're going through. So when people come to me and when they find me and, you know, I'm busy on LinkedIn and I'm busy on, you know, I'm very busy with forming uh, referral partnerships with a lot of people and stuff like that. I was just about to do my first three-day retreat in May, but obviously that's been postponed now. So what I'm doing is I'm actually putting my three-day retreat online. When the world opens up again, how do we go to your retreat? It's so beautiful, I have to tell you. So the the retreat will be, um, you know, you can find me on karenchaston.com forward slash retreat. Just check out the whole page there. But what I'm doing now is I'm bringing that content to people in different formats so they can have it in videos or by themselves, they can have it in videos on a, with a group or they can have it with videos and work one-to-one with me because you've got to give people options. And we can easily do this process. And the process that I've developed is a five-step process. So the first process is to stop. As I said, I never did the stopping. So it's about the stopping. It's about the connecting to who you are, figuring out what this means, you know, not only for what has happened, but for what it means for you moving forward. The second step is for you to accept. Now, it's really hard for people to accept what has happened. We go into denial, we go into blame, we go into all these, um, you know, different sort of emotions, but it's about us understanding that as we accept, you know, we've been in a relationship and there's been two people in that relationship. So it's about realising that we have to take as much responsibility no matter what sort of relationship, whether the person, you know, is still alive or has moved on to the other side, it's about us understanding everything about that relationship. Then the second, the third stage is to identify. Now, the identify has two uh, components to it. So the first component is for us to know that in every relationship we have hopes, dreams and aspirations. So what are they? What were they? realizing that they're not going to come to fruition the way that you had planned them, but then figuring out another way, identifying another way for these to be fulfilled in a different way. And the other part of identify is for us to realize that with every relationship, we obviously have communications. We say things, we do things that maybe we are grateful for or maybe we're not grateful for. The other person have said or not said things, have done or not done things. So identifying what all of those are so that then when we move into the fourth stage, which is the complete stage, and this is a beautiful stage. So what I didn't explain earlier was for every relationship we have three components. We have a physical physical component. And the physical is how we hang out together, what we do, how we say, and how we touch each other. So at the end of the relationship, it's the physical relationship that ends because we will no longer touch or speak to them in the same manner that we did previously. Then the second component is the emotional component. Now, the emotional component is all-encompassing of all of our feelings, the good, the bad, the glad, and the sad. And the third component is the spiritual. 
And the spiritual relationship is that intangible part, the part where we don't really know why we're connected, but we know that we are connected. So the emotional and spiritual component or relationship will live on forever, even though the physical has passed. So what this process does is when we get to the completion stage, we identify all of the things about the relationship that we want to apologise for, that we want to forgive for, and what we want to acknowledge. So through us doing that, it assists us to have a healthy emotional relationship moving forward because it's the emotional relationship that causes us all the pain and suffering. So once you can complete it, on a, uh, on a beautiful uh, level, you then actually go, wow, I do have a healthy emotional relationship in regards to this relationship, whether it's a divorce or a death of a loved one or a job loss or your financial loss. It's about you coming to that completion stage. And then the fifth stage is what we do, what I call is pivot. And this is where you, this, this is the fun part. This is where you get to go, right, this is where I am. This is who I am. This is where I want to be. This is who I want to be. And then you just figure out all the steps and the action steps and maybe the learnings that is required so that you can take those action steps and move forward and close that gap. And that's the beautiful, what I do um, is, is help people to move through those five steps in the most amazing way. and. The realizations that you have, not only about the relationship, but about yourself, is amazing because with every relationship, if, if you're looking for a new relationship, you know, moving forward, it's about you knowing who you were in the old one before the new one. Because if you're going to take the old person into any new relationship, maybe you're taking some not ideal parts of who you are only because you haven't taken the time to figure out who you really are on a beautiful level. So yeah, that's why I love what I do because the people who who they are, you know, say who they are on the Friday morning to who they are on the Sunday night after the three-day retreat is completely different, completely different. But it's also the loss that they think that they're going to work on when they initially come in on a Friday may not be the loss that they actually delve into over those three days. And as I said earlier, there's 40 different loss events that can affect our lives. So on average, we'll have it one every 13 years, just on average, right? So if you're about 40, you've probably had three or four that maybe you haven't completed as ideally. Maybe you're still carrying some emotions, some, you know, energy around that loss um, in, in your body. And, you know, emotions are energy in motion. So when we stop the motion of that energy going through your body, it gets stuck. So we have stuck energy in our body and that's where disease come from. That's where it's really interesting when you go into, you know, I love Louise Hayes, you know, you can heal your body. 
when you go into that and you figure out what ailment is and you look at the emotion attached to it, you can normally go, yeah, that makes sense. So many times you go, yeah, that makes sense. And it's because we haven't processed these loss emotions. Now, the loss can be not even yours. One loss that I talk about, you know, when I'm explaining the process and obviously I use my life as the example, um, there's one thing. I was, I was around um, 17, 17, I think. My boyfriend at that time, one of his best friend's brother had a car accident. Now, I never met the brother. And I never went to his funeral because it didn't seem right, right. But the the feelings of that whole community around him having this car accident, I think he was 18 or 19, the whole energy of that really affected me so much so that when my three boys were teenagers, I was always like, be careful in the car, don't have accidents. You know what I mean? So this loss even though it wasn't my personal loss or any of my immediate families or friends' loss, it affected me so much that I carried that with me um, to the point of always saying to my boys, you know, be careful. And they had a lot of car accidents. They were painful. But, you know, none that, you know, obviously took their lives. But, yes, but really um, things like that. And it's about identifying what they are and to know that, even though something has happened like that, you will carry that energy with you and it's about releasing it. And that's what I love about what I do because everyone at the end of it always goes, oh, my God, I feel so much lighter. And, of course, you're going to feel lighter. You have got rid of all of this stuff. I had a lady just recently who I worked with and she thought she was coming to me for her second divorce to get over her second divorce. But as we did the process and went through it all, she actually said, no, I've got to work on my the fact I never had a relationship with my mother first. And through her doing that, she got so many insights to the choices that she had made looking for love that she went, oh, my God. And she said, I'm so grateful that... I did the process to realize that that was the first relationship to work through. And then, of course, you know, and then when you go through the process, you come up with three or four, just say roughly, and you put them in the order that you go, right, this is what I'll work through. And it's amazing that when you work through that first one, how easier it is to go through the next couple. And then you're like, yeah. But you also then have a process that you can use for the rest of your life because, as I said, on average every 13 years you will have another loss come. And, you know, as we said, with death of a loved one, imagine having a process that you can choose to do a week, you know, a month after you have lost a loved one to know that you, are, you now have a healthy emotional relationship in regards to this person moving forward. Wow, it sounds like everyone needs to go to that retreat. <laughs> everyone, but yeah, but everyone, but everyone needs to know this process. And you know, like you know, there there are different people, like there, you know, where I learned some of these from. You know, and what I've done is I've gathered a bit from here and a bit from here and a bit from there, as we all do. You know, we live in the information age. No one needs to reinvent anything, which I love, and obviously I credit. Um, you know, where I've I got this from here and I got this from there and all this sort of stuff. But it's just bringing it together and then adding my essence and then my stories and then all of my growth. You know, I um, 
I, I had a, a one of the things which, which we said, Emma, Emma before we um, came on, I mentioned that at 16 I had a daughter who I chose to adopt out. Now, she's in my life. But one of the loss events that I ha- and look, our relationship is a working process, but it's getting better and better and better, especially since I've been doing this. Um, but one relation loss event that I realized that I needed to actually complete was the um, relationship with the baby that I gave up because I met her as an adult and when she was 27. So through working through the relationship of the baby, sure she's an adult now, really helped us as adults to have a relationship. But I needed to um, yeah, as I said, I needed to apologise, I needed to forgive and I needed to acknowledge um, all of these different things. So, yeah, it, it's a beautiful process. Yeah, wow, okay. Well, um, I'll definitely um, put in the show notes all the information about yeah. treats, also your books. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but as I said, they don't even have to wait for the treat because who knows when the retreat's going to happen. You know, it's it's now's the time for us to look at all of our events and work through them because the more we release now, the more when, you know, our life, um, and I'm not going to say it goes back to normal because it's never going to go back. Forward. So the more that our life is, you know, when we can bounce forward to whatever world we're going to be living in, I'm sure it's going to be a more loving and a more joyous world for us all. Uh, I feel that, you know, get rid of your baggage now, get rid of those emotions. Let's feel lighter so that we are ready to like really thrive in what the world will be. Yep. All right. Well, Karen, I look forward to that day, but also I have totally enjoyed this day. So thank you. Oh, thank you, Emma. I've loved chatting with you. I really appreciate your time and your wisdom. And, um, and yeah, and I will certainly direct everyone to connect with you um, in a multiple ways. Um, thank you so much, Karen Chaston. <laughs> thank you. Bye. You've been listening to That Shit Show. If you like what you've heard, head to the Facebook page or the website for more information. It's thatshitshowpodcast.com. You'll find show notes and more episodes to download. Thanks so much for joining me.